What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatolito Show, episode 95. We are that close to 100 episodes, and this is all thanks to you guys. Thank you guys for continuing to check out the podcast and check in each and every episode. Of course, you could find our entire catalog uh, on YouTube as well. Feel free to leave us a comment there. Uh, find me on Twitter. Shoot me a message. You can find us on Instagram. That's usually the first the first format that I reach out to where I start posting, um, do a, a quick caption uh, and, and uploading the episodes through there. And of course, we're available on Every single one of the major podcast platforms out there from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, you name it. We're, we're available on every single one of the major platforms out there. Deezer is another one that's, uh, that's really big where we have a lot of, a uh, big following from. Um, listen, I owe this to you guys. Episode 95 and it couldn't get any more, uh, any more special than to talk and cover, uh, a preview of this Saturday's big fight between Jorge Linares and Devin Haney. The dream Devin Haney out of Oakland, California, now residing in Las Vegas for the last couple of years, fights out of Las Vegas. And the fight, of course, will be brought to you. Uh, it'll be, it'll be live from the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Devin Haney with a perfect record of 25 and 0 and 15 knockouts. To his credit, the man is a phenom. He's an upcoming not prospect anymore because he's a champion. He has a version of the WBC title. He has the full version of the WBC title, as a matter of fact. And we'll talk about that controversy between him and Teofimo Lopez because there's a lot of confusion. And the confusion is not that some fans are misinformed and others aren't, or that some forums, uh, media forums are misinformed or covering it one way while others are covering it another. We'll break that down today. Uh, let's look at the fighters. As far as Devin Haney goes, perfect record. His last fight came late last year against Yuri Orkis Gamboa in what, what was a kind of a sleeper of a performance. Not the, not the, the most exciting, uh, Alfredo Santiago, which was uh, the first defense of his, uh, interim version title. That was also a unanimous decision. Um, kind of took it, took it a little bit mellow there. Uh, Zaur Abdullayev, uh, that's where he fought for the vacant interim title. And, uh, that's dating back to September of 19. And he stops Abdullayev and, uh, in the fourth round. Uh, that was a one-sided showing by Devin Haney in which he showed his entire arsenal in that fight. Um, so followed by two sleepers, I guess, uh, you could say on the, the following two fights. Uh, Yuri Yorkis Gamboa will make anybody look bad. His style, uh, his approach. He used to be so explosive dating back to the early years of his career. He's definitely in the latter stages of his career. And now it's almost like he just focuses on making it a confusing, uh, chess battle for his opponents. And he just makes anybody look bad. He did it to Terrence Crawford early. He made Terrence Crawford look, uh, look bad early in the rounds until Terrence Crawford switched, switched stances figured out his timing, and then put Yuriorki's Gamboa down. Uh, so he's able to do it to him. He's able to do it to just about anybody that Yuriorki's Gamboa gets into the ring with. He's able to make him look bad. Uh, it's just his style. It's the way that he fights. It's that pedigree, that Cuban pedigree that, that he brings with him. Um, he figured out the test. Devin Haney figured out the Gamboa test, and he's done it against all 24 opponents prior to Gamboa. Uh, that was his 25th win. And... 
And he's excelling. He's a phenom. He's someone to keep an eye out for. Uh, I know Eddie Hearn says that he he's going to be the next great, that he's the next Mayweather uh, for the lightweight division. Um, I don't know. That's that's saying a lot. But Devin Haney is definitely talented. He's got great boxing, good pedigree, high quality pedigree boxing, good hands, good speed, good foot movement, uh, decent power. He's got good pop behind his um behind his hands and the recent report is that he's been knocking out several of his sparring partners during this training camp in preparation for Jorge Linares so it'll be interesting this is a fight that Devin Haney needs to make the statement on if he's gonna pick a fight to make a statement on this is it this is the one with all the controversy going on about who's the real champion is still Fimo Lopez and the real undisputed at lightweight or not. Is this a real version of the title? Uh, blah, blah, blah. We'll cover that right now. But listen, with all that noise going on, Devin Haney needs to cement this and set his foot down on this one and cement his status as a champion in the lightweight division as a who's who in the 135 pound division by defeating a legendary fighter in Jorge Linares. 25-0, the dream, Devin Miles Haney putting his title on the line, and it's the full version, not the interim, this is the full version WBC title that he's bringing with him to the ring. So that's key, right? And I mentioned that, I I stop and pause and mention that slowly, so you capture that, and we'll cover that as to why that is, uh, and where the confusion comes. So we look at across the ring. The man standing across the ring from him is going to be none other than El Niño de Oro out of Barinas, Venezuela, who has been living for the last few years and fighting out of Tokyo, Japan. He flew in from Tokyo to Las Vegas and looking to get his hands around another title, put another title, wrap another title, major world title around his waist. And he's held the WBC, a version of the WBC title around his waist for many years before, uh, just a few years back. El Niño de Oro, Jorge Linares, walks into the ring with 47 wins, 29 of those wins by way of knockout, and 5 defeats. Something key here is that every single one of his 5 losses, he's either been stopped or knocked out. Meaning he's been unable to continue due to cuts due to injury, or he's been knocked out, flat out cold. All five of his defeats have gone by stoppage. So that's something key. He's been stopped, or he's been he's been actually dropped multiple times, and this is dating back years, dating back to the early stages in his career. Uh, back when he was a- around his 15th fight, I believe, his 15th fight or so, he ended up fighting Gene uh, Javier uh, Sotelo, and that was back in the 126-pound division. He ended up getting dropped twice in the second round. And then he drops Sotelo down twice uh, to uh, to come away with the stoppage. It was a fast, explosive, action-packed fight, a two-round fight. It was a 10-rounder, but it, it only lasted two rounds. Linares goes down twice. Sotelo goes down twice. You could find that on YouTube. It's an exciting fight. And, uh, and so Linares has a history of being dropped. And since then, we've seen him hit the canvas many, many times before, and he gets up. Does he have a suspect chin? Maybe. But he also has a strong chin because he's able to get back in, get back into the fight, get composed, and keep fighting for many more rounds. So it's a matter of metal, it's a matter of heart, a matter of pride. Jorge Linares leaves it in the ring each and every time out. And the fact that he's been stopped 
tells you a lot that regardless of him being in the latter stages of his career, which he is, in the latter stages of his career, he's still able to fight with that fire in which he's going to go out on the shield. The only way to get rid of him is to put him out. Otherwise, he's going to keep coming at you like a zombie. So the man, 47 wins, five losses, 29 of those wins by way of knockout. His last victory came against Carlos Morales, and that was early last year as the pandemic was getting underway. He beat Carlos Morales. That was around February of, of 2020 on Valentine's Day, actually, of 2020, um, February 14th. So Linares got cut badly in that fight as well. So other than that, I mean, you look at his resume, the man is in a He's fighting in a 19-year career right now. It's dating back all the way to December of 2002 when he kicked off his professional career. He's fought as light as bantamweight and as high as junior welterweight or super lightweight, which is the same division in which we just covered this past Saturday between Josh Taylor and Jose Ramirez. So think about that. He's fought as low as 122 pounds, as high as 140 pounds. He's made, he's won titles in multiple divisions. He's held WBC and WBA version of titles throughout his uh, featherweight campaign, his uh, super featherweight campaign, and in the lightweight division. He's found the most success in his career in this very division in which he's returning and campaigning uh, campaigning at at the 135-pound division. Between 2014 and 2018, Jorge Linares held either one ver- a version of the WBA championship, which is a super championship, uh, or he held the regular title. He held the diamond version of the WBC lightweight title. He's held either or or both at the same time between 2014 to 2018. So he's been at the top of this division until he was finally dethroned by Vasily Lomachenko, in which Vasily Lomachenko gained everything else along with that. That was a big fight for Vasily Lomachenko. It cemented him as a king in the lightweight division at that time, and there was no stopping him from there on. That's where some of the controversy uh, begin and, and it dragged on to where it carried over towards Devin Haney. So Jorge Linares, I mean, you look at his, his storied resume. He's fought Antonio DeMarco. He's fought Oscar Larios, Rocky Juarez, uh, Jesus Chavez. Whew. I mean, his resume, Gamaliel Diaz is another one. Ira Terry, Francisco Javier Prieto, uh, Kevin Mitchell, Anthony Croya twice. Amazing fights against Anthony Croya. If you haven't checked those out, he fought Luke Campbell. It was an awesome fight against Luke Campbell where he beats Luke Campbell by decision. He, uh, he beats Mercito Hesta in the very next fight and then loses to Vasily Lomachenko. So just look at those three high quality and actually four quality opponents because he fought Anthony Croya, uh, September of 16 in which he beats him by decision and then in the rematch, just a few months later, he fights him in March of 17 in the rematch, beats Anthony Croya again. Then came Luke Campbell, September of 17, Mercito Hesta to kick off 2018 in January, and then May 12th uh, of 2018, where he surrendered in round 10 and lost his titles uh, and, and got a fourth defeat in his record. Uh, against none other than the great Vasily Lomachenko. So this is going to be an awesome fight. How does the fight play out? 
Devin Haney, young, fast hands, good footwork, has good pop behind his, uh, his hands, behind his, behind his punches. Um, very good, uh, general ring IQ, ring generalship. He, he has good movement. He reads his opponents well, but he lacks the experience. If you look at his resume and who he's fought, that's going to be the number one thing to look at right now is the experience. He's fighting really good and he's been fighting really good and looking really good against the opposition that's been put in front of him. A lot of it has to do with the matchmaking, uh, and who's been, who's been putting, uh, who's been doing the matches and setting up the matches for him. They've been stepping them up slowly. He's got 25 wins to date. But he hasn't really been tested. Yuriorki's Gamboa was one of his harder tests, and it showed. It showed. It showed that there's levels to the game. Yuriorki's Gamboa is a hard time for anybody, and he proved to be a hard time for Devin Haney. Devin Haney figured him out. Devin Haney outpunched him. He outpointed him. He cruised to an easy decision on the scorecards, but the fight did not look easy at all. The fight, uh, optically, visually, the fight was somewhat of a sleeper because neither fighter was really looking to engage and when they would they would end up tying up and it was a clinch fest of a fight uh check it out and check that out and then check out some of his previous fights maybe the abdullah fight uh would be a good one to check out so you could get an idea of his pop of his power now with the news that he's been knocking out several two or three of his recent sparring partners in this very same training camp that he's uh that he finds himself in or he, that he just finished in preparation for jorge linares means that he's putting in some strength he's putting in some size and uh and he's he's found something there if he's if he's increase the pop uh, behind his punches. So that's going to be really interesting. If he stops Jorge Linares, again, Jorge Linares has been dropped throughout his entire 19-year career. He's known to go to the canvas, but he gets up. If Devin Haney stops Jorge Linares in emphatic fashion and he makes a statement against Jorge Linares, yes, this is a 19-year career, Jorge Linares, that's stepping into this ring, but he's in good shape. He's a hell of a fighter. He has really good knowledge of that ring. He knows the ins and outs. He's got speed to his favor, still has speed. Usually the boxers, when they're that that storied, uh, that far into their careers, the last thing that leaves a boxer and the fighter is the power. But everything else starts diminishing and you start seeing a diminished version of these fighters now as far as Jorge Linares goes his speed is still there his footwork is there he's still fast he's probably going to be a step behind Devin Haney as far as speed and footwork but the IQ the ring IQ is going to be where I see Jorge Linares shining and the experience how hard can he make this fight for Devin Haney to where he could get Devin Haney to start questioning whether he needs to dig, whether he needs to step up his game or go an extra level? Jorge Linares is that guy. He is that test. If Jorge Linares gets back to the top of the lightweight division and beats Devin Haney, Devin Haney is young enough to where he could bounce back. Jorge Linares, what a storied career. 
What a way to add another notch to his resume uh, and and get his hands around another major world title and possibly get himself back into contention this time against maybe Delfimo Lopez should he be successful against George Cambozos in a few weeks time or maybe in a rematch against Vasily Lomachenko. Um, listen, Jorge Linares' world will open up. And rightfully so, towards the end of his career, to get another one or two big, big, big uh, marquee fights to close out his career. He's 19 years into his career. Uh, Devin Haney is just a few years into his career. If he makes a statement with a stoppage, I... <laughs> The sky's the limit for for the dream, right? The sky's going to be the limit for young Devin Haney. He stops Jorge Linares. This will be the first big name on his resume. Maybe second, I guess we could add Yuri Yorkis Gamboa to that, right? Two huge names back-to-back adding to his resume. I mean, there won't be any dispute. So how does this fight play out? There's going to be a lot of speed. There's going to be some pop in the first two, three rounds of the fight, maybe even up to the fourth round, and then they're going to settle in. And that's where the fight's going to get interesting. Jorge Linares in numerous interviews has now said, if Devin Haney tries to make the fight with me that he made with Yuri Yorkis Gamboa, he's going to be in trouble because he's not going to let him cruise. He's going to push the pace. And Devin Haney, again, with the recent reports that he's been dropping his sparring partners. Yes, it's only sparring. I get it. But that means that he's found something. He's found another level in his game and he's pushing himself. And if he's that, that improved from the last version that we saw a few months back against Gamboa, then I can't wait because if he stops Linares and, and makes a statement, uh, by, by stopping him, especially if it's somewhat early, in the rounds or even in the middle middle rounds where he puts in a few rounds, gets in a good sweat, gets in some good work, and then finds a way to stop uh, a veteran like Linares, Devin Haney's going to look amazing and his stock is going to continue rising up. If he loses, I don't think his stock takes much of a hit. Haney, that is. If he wins, his stock's going to skyrocket. For Linares, if he loses, he's most likely going to be calling it a day uh, within... Maybe by this year, by the end of this year, maybe by next year when he caps it off at 20, uh, depending what other big opportunity presents itself for him. Um, other than that, I think Linares, uh, could win a decision against, against Haney. If he outboxes Haney, if he pressures Haney, if he makes it, uh, a tough, a tough fight for, for Haney by not letting him take any rounds off, by not letting him cruise. That experience comes into, into play for Linares heavily, uh, just based on his resume, uh, his story resume. So I think Linares could pull out a decision on this one. I see Haney either pulling out a decision if he outpoints Linares and just boxes him beautifully, but the pop that Haney possesses at the moment, I think should be enough to stop Linares. I think Haney stops Linares. If it goes Haney's way, I think Linares, uh, if it's to go his way, it's going to be by decision. I don't see him stopping Devin Haney. Um, he'll test that chin, but I don't think he has the pop to, uh, to, to knock out Devin Haney. Not at this stage in his career with such a young dog, like a young live dog, like, uh, like Haney is at the moment. Now, that's how I see the fight playing out. Let's look at the controversy. Is Devin Haney the real WBC champion or is Teofimo Lopez the real undisputed lightweight champion at the moment? What is it? Let's look at it. 
The answer is, according to Mauricio Suleiman, a few months back when he gave an interview uh, on The Zone, uh, he ended up claiming that both of them have legitimate claim. And he explained why. Delfimo Lopez, by beating Vasily Lomachenko, ended up taking the franchise status. And Mauricio Suleiman, the way that he put it, he's the president of the WBC. And the way that he put it, this is a mess, by the way. This is a mess that the WBC created. Hands down. And this is his explanation. That if Teofimo Lopez, after beating, the franchise status cannot transfer. There's no mandatory challengers for this franchise status. Basically, the franchise status got created for Canelo. And the second person to get delineated this, this status was Vasily Lomachenko. They created this, in other words, to have them create the biggest fight available and represent the WBC. In the biggest fight available, in a big payday. Not this is avoiding mandatory challengers. This is avoiding anything else because there's nobody that could line up for that franchise status. Therefore, they would remove them from the typical running of the show of the WBC with the mandatories and the rankings and so forth. And they would just have them sitting aside as the big money fight. This is a big money fight right here. You're the franchise champion. This is a big money fight. And they basically created that for Canelo when, when the whole uh, rivalry between Canelo and Triple G was at its highest peak. Vasily Lomachenko ends up getting this franchise status. Then he ends up losing to Teofimo Lopez. So Suleiman says they couldn't have left Vasily Lomachenko as a franchise champion for the WBC when he lost all the other titles. And now Teofimo Lopez would have every other title and and be the unified champ and take the ring, the IBF, the WBO, the WBA, but not the WBC. So they made the exception and transferred a franchise status over to Teofimo Lopez. Therefore, he rightfully claims that he's the undisputed champion. I've said it here on the episodes that I covered with Teofimo Lopez. The president of WBC acknowledges him as the undisputed champ as far as his organization is considered. And therefore, the world is rightfully calling Teofimo Lopez. And they're okay in calling Teofimo Lopez the the undisputed lightweight champ. How does that play out for Devin Haney? Devin Haney, by beating Abdullayev, he he won. That fight against Abdullayev was for the interim version of the WBC lightweight title. He stops Abdullayev. He becomes the WBC interim champ. He ends up going on to defend that title against Alfredo Santiago, the first defense of the interim version. He injures his shoulder, and he's unable to defend against Javier Fortuna, who was a mandatory at that time. The WBC places Evan Haney in a recess champion status, or champion in recess status, and they call for a fight between Javier Fortuna and Luke Campbell. When that fight was going to play out, they end up elevating that fight, not for the interim version, but for the full version of the title. As that fight is going on, that fight gets gets set for April of last year of 2020. And that was the highest peak of the pandemic uh, in April when, when everything just started going crazy in the world. And that fight never materialized between Campbell and Fortuna. Meanwhile, Haney's getting better. He recovers from his surgery. He's ready to get back in there and defend his title. The other fight doesn't happen between Fortuna and Campbell. And we get Haney in no longer champion in recess. Now he's looking to get in the ring and defend his title. So he appeals. 
and the WBC ended up seeing it for Devin Haney. And rather than listing him at that time as the champion or the interim champion and having him come back as the interim champion when they were going to make the mandatory, his mandatory challenger fight for the real version of the title, they just, they basically saw the appeal in Devin Haney's favor and elevated him to their full version champion, the WBC lightweight champion. At that time, right around that time, is when Vasily Lomachenko loses to Teofimo Lopez, and that status ends up getting transferred over, and the claims begin of Haney being the paper champ, or the Gmail champ, or the email champ, or whatever it is, right? That he never really beat anybody to win this title. Hence, the WBC is the one that ended up elevating uh, the status of a, or the stakes for the title between Fortuna, what was to be Fortuna Campbell, which never materialized. Therefore, Haney had a rightful claim to it. He had a good argument to it and he was ready to defend. He was ready to get back in the ring. He, they elevated him to the full version champion and he defended it against Yuri Orkis Gamboa. Therefore, both of them are right and both of them are wrong in claiming that the other is not a real champ. Both of them are right in believing that they are each a champ and Delfimo and Devin Haney representing that organization. Delfimo doesn't have to abide by ranking contenders or mandatories, whereas Devin Haney does. So the, ma- the, the big payday fight is, uh, to, works to the favor of Delfimo Lopez by having beat Vasily Lomachenko. Devin Haney still has to deal with the mandatories and so forth. Kind of like what Canelo had to do or a few months back in a different division, of course, but had to do it with Avni Yildrim, right? The WBC held his status as a number one contender, a mandatory contender for over two years. And Canelo had to fight him to get him out of the way. And that way he could go uh, contractually agree uh, with another with another contender uh, and continue trying to unify that division. So that's where the difference is. Devin Haney has to lead, has to deal with mandatories uh, and the contenders, the rankings. Delfimo Lopez doesn't. As a franchise champion, he's just in it for the big paydays, and and he earned that right by having defeated the man in Vasily Lomachenko at that time. That's the issue. That's the confusion with uh, with all these titles. Hopefully, I helped you clear it up. And we're gonna see a real title fight on Saturday between Jorge Linares and Devin Haney. This is either his second title defense of the WBC full version title, or Jorge Linares gets his hands, his hand raised and his hands around another major world title in that same division that he's found the most success in, in his storied career. With that, guys, I leave you. Enjoy the fight this Saturday. Again, surround yourself with good company, good friends and family. Uh, enjoy the fight. If you're able to uh, to enjoy a good drink, I'll cheers with you. Salud from afar with some good whiskey, a good cigar, and good company. What else can you ask for? Enjoy the fight. Let's hope that it's not a sleeper. Let's hope that this one delivers as well. And we'll have back-to-back weekends of amazing fights in the lightweight and the junior lightweight that we just witnessed a few days back between Taylor and Ramirez. We're still on a little bit of a high from, from that fight. What a high-quality fight that was. I leave you with that. Thank you guys again. This was episode 95 of the Tomatolito Show. Hit me up on Twitter. Check me out on Instagram. Shoot me a DM if there's any episodes or any uh, any topics that you guys want me to cover for a future episode. Let me know. I'm here for you guys. This is your show. The show belongs to you, and I'm just a voice representing you guys. 
Thank you guys again. Much love. Have a good night.